On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if WandaVision can make both our doubts and a person disappear, if Disney should let us write season two of WandaVision, and if saving Gambit saves all the mutants. All of that and more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. It's also the only show where we we forget all the rules, we do what we want. It's a, it's a lawless land over here, and we cannot be held responsible for anything we say here. It can't be held up in a court of law. This is just a free space where we get to say and do whatever we want. Uh, my name is Lawless Cassie, and I'm here to host this show and bring no order to it. I've also got a friend to help me out with this, though. And uh, But in this Lawless Land, there's only room for one friend, and today that friend is Mike. So you're Lawless Cassie, but I'm still just Mike. I don't have cool like. Well, I didn't want to like set the brand axe for- Axe grinder. You fucking axe grinder. See, that's why I didn't want to limit you, because fucking axe grinder is rad as hell. That's like a Mad Maxian name, right? Yeah. That's- <laughs> It's half Mad Maxian. I could also see it in the ring, like going up against like the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Not the Punisher. That's not a wrestler. He could wrestle if he wanted to. <laughs> I bet he's good at hand to hand combat. <laughs> I, I I like this style. There's no there's no rules. I also like you finally read the Constitution. If you say you can't hold this in a court of law, they cannot. Uh, exactly. That's the problem with a lot of the people at the insurrection a couple weeks ago. They forgot to say you can't hold any of this against me. <laughs> yeah. I do think it is bold of you. To make all these jokes about lawlessness when uh, I think Ryan and I actually made a joke last week about being tired because we're in the Capitol. I was not. I thought it was a bit. Ryan uh, is not with us today because he was caught on camera. There's mm. a fire extinguisher in his hand. I, I didn't. I haven't read all the news. Uh, so he's not going to be here at least this week. And this we'll week, see. We'll see like if he's able to just like walk out. You know, a lot of them just able to walk out. We'll see if Ryan yeah. gets to... It gets to be one of those or not. But yeah, I thought this was a bit we had going, but turns out some of us are more lawless than the others. Yeah, he really takes the lawless to heart. And we were just like, no, like we're lawless like Lucy. Like it's just in the name. Yeah. <laughs> like I just like to like drink a white claw and like scream and like go out in the, <laughs> go out in the parking lot <laughs> just scream. Scream at the heavens. That's how you let your existential dread out. <laughs> it's like, you know, white girl lawlessness, but like, you know, Ryan's out here really doing it. But it is yeah, now a chance for just me and you, Mike. This is the first time for Out on the Feed. I feel like it's just Mike and Cassie. Like, what can we expect yeah. from this show? Yeah, you, you're just classic Mike and Cassie mess arounds. There, there might be mm. some pounding white claws and screaming. Uh, <laughs> but I think there's going to be, like, a lot of friendship and a lot of coming together. I think so. Like, you know, normally, like, we got to make sure that at least one of us, that's when there's three friends, somebody has to be the one that's picked on. But when it's just two, yes. you could just be buddies. And I'm just... Yeah, when it's two people and somebody's picked on, that's just a toxic situation. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's less fun to listen to. Then it's just it's a bad time. Yeah, you you feel sad. You start like flipping through the pages looking for like podcast lawyers so they can break up amicably. amicably. <laughs> that's a hard word to say. I'm not gonna try. I will not. <laughs> you cannot make me get to. 
But it is, it's insane that Ryan did miss this one because it's probably, it's the show we've been waiting for, I think, since the creation oh, of the show. It's insane. It's, I'm so fucking pumped, man. At our, at our, at the Pop Filter offices on all our Zoom meetings yesterday, my Zoom background was the poster from WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And because, like, they're just pencil pushers, they don't really get what we're about. Uh, I had to explain what it was so many times. Uh, and everybody was just like, okay. And I was like, no, we haven't had anything new from Marvel in the longest time since they started putting out movies. It's, and they're just like, I don't, what? <laughs> it's a groundbreaking day. It really is. And, you know, they won't understand it, but I know everyone here understands. And they're got, we're all excited to get to it. Uh, so I'm not going to hold us back anymore. We're going to, we will be talking about WandaVision for the main event. But before we get to that, a quick little bullpen. <laughs> We are here, and it is bullpen time. And Mike, you know, yes, we like to pitch I things. You, yes, we do. <laughs> I'm here. I'm. I'm so supportive. I'm just here to support everything you're saying. This is this is a whole new energy. I'm so fucking excited. I've never felt this supi- supported in my life. Like, That's, I, I'm here, just setting. You're spiking. I'm setting. I think those are volleyball terms. <laughs> yeah, let's go sports. We know that as well. That is what <laughs> yeah. you know is sports. Yeah, I'm the sports guy. It's no big deal. But also, you know, we you're good at knowing sports. You're also good at pitching things to Marvel and Disney. You know, they come to us all the time. Um, or mm-hmm. we just like to kind of like throw these at them kind of like aggressively. Yeah, I think we're good at doing it if you just look at reps. Like mm-hmm. we do it a lot. If you look at follow through, I don't know how good we are because they've not <laughs> taken our ideas yet. But like that's not on us. Sometimes other people can't understand your vision. I feel like they're just not right. ready for us most of the time. Kind of like some people can't understand this vision from the TV show WandaVision. <laughs> oh my God, Mike, you're such a good co-host. Wow. Wow, that was a great <laughs> setup. But for this one, so we are going to pitch, uh, it was WandaVision season one, and they've been doing very good. But I feel like, you know, they got to start planning for season two. It's obvious that's going to happen. It's This is a great show. And we I just want them to get like our names out there, let them know that they can come to us for season two. So you ready to yeah. pitch some episodes ideas? Yeah, and so should we lay out why, like why that the way we're doing it is because WandaVision is not just uh, the story about these two tragic lovebirds uh, being confused how Vision's alive again. It's that each episode of WandaVision is also a riff on a different old kind of television show. Yes, that is great uh, information for everybody to have. I think that I think that really will help this game make sense. <laughs> uh, not us just throwing random things out there, Mike. So you're doing excellent. The, that's I'm here to support you. You're laying the groundwork, and I'm just adding the stitching. I know quilting too. Uh, so yeah, in the first one, it's like very Dick Van Dyke based. In the second episode, what we watched uh, is very Bewitched. I Dream of Genie mm-hmm. style show, and some might argue those are all very similar to each other. And to that, I say nay. There's no. nuances there. It's a you know what? Just because it's black and white doesn't mean it's the same thing. Is what I would tell those Boom. people. Boom. Yeah, motherfuckers. But I feel like that's where we can come in. So this first season's kind of going by decades. And I feel like if we just throw random genres out there and create things, mm-hmm. like these are obviously going to stand out from each other. There's going to be, we're going to get rid of that argument in season two. There's no way people are going to be like, they're doing the same thing in this next episode. Right. Because we're bringing that originality. All right. So Mike, I'm going to pick our first genre that we're going to create here. So for one of the episodes of season two, we are going to make it a cooking show. Oh, I love this. I, I think this is in my head. It's a cooking show. In the way, does Hell's Kitchen count as a cooking show? Freak yeah, it does, dude. Yes. So I think their their neighbor Agnes, 
mm-hmm. uh, played by the the amazing Catherine Hahn. Uh, she's going to be Gordon Ramsay, uh, and so she's just screaming at them. Well, mm-hmm. and we've already in the first episode seen them not be great at cooking, so they're trying to under the radar use their powers to cook without letting her know while she's just screaming expletives at them. Oh my god! Uh, yes, and in- it's like. The plot will go along in between, but it mostly is still just a competition cooking show. Yeah, and that's how, like, that's how they earn their spot in the neighborhood. You know, like, right now they're just trying to blend in, mainly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you, obviously, if you're in a neighborhood like that, you're always looking out for your neighbors, trying to beat the Joneses, not match them. So this is going to be yeah. the way. Like, to win over this neighborhood, you have to win over her stomach. So that is, like, exactly. the ongoing cooking aspect to this. I do absolutely love that. That's going to be a fun take. And I just love, if we could let her yell at more people, like the way she would yell at her husband, I would, Catherine Hahn, would be so good. She hates her husband, and we haven't even (laughs) seen him to know if he's a piece of shit or not, but she'll let you know he's the worst. He's the fucking worst. And you know what? I would like to see her make him an idiot sandwich, absolutely. (laughs) All right, our next episode idea. We are going to have a tabloid talk show. Okay. What is that? That's like, <laughs> this... like kind of like TMZ where they just report on like star news and like, you mm. know, stars, they're just like us. Stars are crazy. So I guess we have to determine like who are the stars in this universe. Right. Are we, well, what do you think is better? Are we pitching that Wanda and Vision are the reporters or are they getting reported on? And it's just like, we're seeing their story from their point of view. So they're like, this is all a little wacky, but this is this small Pleasantville style town has a TMZ style show. And it's just like these two neighbors, she's European and who knows what his deal is. And it's just a lot of like, we try to catch her sunbathing nude in her own backyard. What a harlot. (laughs) Yeah, that was, I was thinking at first that you would be the reporters, but I'm loving this aspect of them trying to like, cause again, them trying to dig into what they're hiding and everything mm-hmm. is going to be way better. And especially like, cause nobody except Dottie, the other neighbor who she's the only like openly mean person. Everybody else has that weird veiled mm-hmm. Midwestern, like nice mean. Uh, so if the reporters are that, if they're not openly daggered, but they're just like, they say really shitty things with a nice smile while eating like ambrosia jello pudding. <laughs> Uh, I think that would add. And then every once in a while you could be like, and that weird beekeeper was seen again. Like, just like you can grow the mysteries throughout. Oh, there we go. I do also like to have the insults be like, like Southern insults that simply just don't make sense. Like, like talking about how high their hair is and stuff. So they can be closer to God. Mm. Love that. Love that spin on it. Is it good? Is it bad? Who knows? (laughs) Who's to say? We simply can't understand. Mike, our next show is going to be a travel show. Okay, I love this, especially because it seems like they are trapped in this little town. (laughs) Again, like, it is is reminding me of Pleasantville, because, like, there's that scene in Pleasantville. They're like, well, what's at the end of Main Street? And all the characters are like, what's the end of the Main Street? Like, none of the characters who are from Pleasantville have ever thought about that before. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the travel show, I think, is Wanda and Vision just going house to house, but acting like they're... uh, Anthony Bourdain, <laughs> like we be like, like, really? and this culture, like, like, and really, really getting into in. the the cooking, but it's all the same garbage food. They like walk up to their door and they're like, "In this household, do we wear shoes or not? How do I respect your carpets?" And I I really like that. How would they? I do like how it's kind of could be like an MTV Cribs almost too. Oh yeah, like you got to see inside their fridge. At the end, they got to tell you you got to like you can't stay here, but go wherever you want. 
Yeah, check out my plastic sheets on my couch. <laughs> oh, you know, some half that town has like all yeah. covered of. Uh, there's like there's an old Greek or Italian grandmother in that town for sure. <laughs> uh, all right, Mike. Our next episode, we got to do a paranormal TV show. Well, that seems it, it seems like the easiest, but is actually the hardest because arguably that's what we're dealing with in general here, right? It is. Except there's nobody, like, truly just, like, hunting for these paranormal right. things. And and so, again, I, I do, Cassie, I feel like we have options here. It is either Wanda and Vision start hunting and seem even weirder because they're like, weird things are going on in this town and everybody's like, no, there's not. Mm-hmm. Or we have somebody like Agnes bring out, like, ghost hunting tools and try to figure out if Vision's a ghost because she sees him walk through a wall. So like, that is that's a hard pick because at first, you know, like you want your hosts to be like have a dynamic uh, chemistry and really feed off each other really well, which obviously obviously Vision and uh, Wanda do. But as soon as you bring in Agnes trying to figure out like all these devices, it's hard what to turn that down. What if the three of them are a team? And so no, while they're all hunting for the issue, Wanda and Vision are also trying to hide that they are paranormal from Agnes. So it's yes. there's there's an interteam dynamic that now that they don't even all know about. Now we're on to something. Now we're even in some wacky like sitcom like hiding stuff from each other. Exactly. Now, now we're fucking killing it. We're got we're going somewhere now, Mike. That's what the show's about. All right. <laughs> Our next show, we have a court procedural. Hell yeah, like dun dun. Mhm. And and it again, like I don't want to keep harping, but it, it's a small town. We've met the neighborhood watch at this point. I think it is like a town run court procedural. Like there's not real cops or judges, but like who did steal Mrs. Ermintrout's roses? And it's just like take that like small town bullshit taken very very seriously, incredibly seriously. Because we did have so in one of these episodes. Uh, we did have like the night watch or like neighborhood watch, uh-huh. which was just them kind of shit talking. But I do like to have like if they took that seriously and yeah. it was like a respected time where you like you put your neighbors on trial for like not picking up their dog shit, which honestly, right, you should. That one, yeah. Should go what to the? Trial. He- it's so easy, dude. Please, all our shoes are getting covered in dog shit here. Like you got to be stepping in it too at some point. So like, <sighs> yeah, just do it. you filthy animals, mm-hmm. and. It- I think adding drama to, to the law and order, I had to interrupt because I could go on, I live in a big apartment building and there's shit everywhere. I could <laughs> yell about this for an hour and a half if we don't stop. Uh, if Vision and Wanda both are like become the lawyers, like the Atticus Finches for one, and like, so cause some marital drama because they're representing different people Ooh, in, okay. in whatever the trial is. Mm-hmm. That, But there's also no detectives, so they also have to be the detectives. Fuck, Mike, you are exceptionally good at this. I like how you bring in multiple aspects. I, I bring you just one, and you're like, no, no, no. We can do better. We're going to bring you gotta three into this. got to complicate it a little more. <laughs> I, fucking, I love it so much. Uh, do you think how do you, do you think we knocked it out of the park, or should we give one more in here? Let's do one more. One final one to really get They say leave on top, and I've never followed that. So let's just <laughs> do one more. <laughs> that is the pop filter uh, motto. Our final show that we have to make, it is called a shiny floor show. And now, do you know what that is, Mike? No. 
So from what I can understand, Shiny Floor is like kind of uh, a lot of competition shows. This is going to be like your X Factor. Anything that has a real, like they polish the the floor. It literally has to have a shiny floor. And there's normally like a live audience. It's some type of like, uh, there's some type of competition most of the time. Got it. So this could be. I think. Yes. I think that uh, your judges are Wanda, Vision, Agnes, and Dottie. The four characters like we've gotten to know the best. Mm-hmm. And then it's actually the talent show is to find the best superhero that they're like, they don't know Wanda and Vision are, but they're like, we do need a superhero to protect our little Westview town. And so the superheroes are coming in one by one. This is how you like synergy, get in other Marvel characters in. <laughs> and uh, they do their little superhero routines and then they are just like real mean about it. Real. Yeah. You got the sassiest ones to be the judges, which is a key factor to this. Uh, mm-hmm. I do like I do like if we could bring in something to have it where like you know in the voice how they have their chairs turned and it's real dramatic when they're like even yeah. interested in you. I would like to have them where like maybe they're in like a shadow box and you don't get to see th- who they are until they're like Ooh. I will pay attention to like you this superpower. <laughs> also, uh, we've seen wall crawling. <laughs> Show me something new here, bud. Also, is this actual superheroes or is this the townspeople trying to like become superheroes? Okay, I was thinking actual superheroes from that the greater more. Marvel universe, but I do like let's mix it in there. We finally meet Agnes's husband because he just put on a mask and is trying to <laughs> he has like a trash can lit as a shield. He's like trying to mix it up. What if he's actually super badass? What if he's one yeah. of the coolest guys actually? Like Agnes he's just always great talk- in hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> <laughs> he's just this suave as hell motherfucker. Motherfucker. I would love that. All right, well, I think we definitely got on Marvel and Disney's, like, radar. There's no way. They got to pick up at least one of these. That was a lot of yeah. good ideas. So That is a lot of good ideas. Uh, you know, just call us, reach out, contact at your pop filter, Disney. Uh, next, we are finally going to talk about WandaVision. After the longest break in new Marvel content, since Nick Fury told Iron Man there's a greater world of superheroes out there, we finally have Marvel's first Disney Plus show, WandaVision. Focusing on two of the Avengers' side characters, WandaVision digs into the romantic relationship of the titular two while jumping through TV tropes of decades past an overlaying overlaying greater mystery. How is Vision alive and why are Wanda and Vision stuck in this tiny TV show? Taste Mike, I ask you, with all the pressure on Marvel's weirdest experiment, how does it work both on its own and in the greater Marvel tapestry? This feels so difficult to review objectively not only because obviously uh the nerds know how we feel about marvel here Mm -hmm. but i'm also a grossly uh i i'm not objective when it comes to old tv shows i i didn't have cable growing up when i'd visit friends or my dad okay i fucking love nick at night and dick van dyke and bewitched and i dream of genie all of that shit was oh, my jam yeah. that is what i did want to know was if you did watch those type of shows and now that i know it's your jam i'm super excited for you for this like this is well, I, I love lucy was my favorite that was the one that wasn't on nick and night it was just on normal poor tv mm-hmm. uh so i watched it all of the time i used to have like i love lucy t-shirts like oh fuck that's everything this- i wanted yeah <laughs> This old school kind of like vaudevillian sitcom mm-hmm. where people are like, it's impressive how they can trip on a stool and not get hurt. Like, and it's still fucking funny. It did feel like 
that was always what was interesting to me is back then how like live everything had to be you know mm-hmm. like you just saw them acting and they did it had that feel i think it was still filmed inside of or in front of a live audience yeah but it's still like there's probably still more cuts but it did feel like you had to see their acting chops more like it seemed like they just had to really fucking kill it i i think that's like this was a big swing for for kevin feige and everybody at marvel for a lot of reasons but the biggest is like I don't know who does care about Wanda and Vision all that much. Mm -hmm. They're pretty deep characters in the comics, but there's there's such a big cast, and they were both introduced as side characters that neither of them have gotten time to breathe in the movies. Yeah, and they are Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen are really good actors, but I didn't know they could like this kind of sitcom acting is so specific, especially uh, Elizabeth Olsen. I didn't know she could be funny. Yeah, and I think she's so funny here. They're, the comedic timing for both of them had me incredibly surprised while watching this. Like, they're natural, like, the way they can tap into that era's type of, like, movement and to play uh-huh. jokes on it was actually impressive. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, to, to simultaneously, like, it's an ode to Dick Van Dyke and all those others and make fun of it at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. it's silly that he hears a loud noise so jumps into bed because he's an indestructible, like, robot <laughs> thing that can float through walls. Uh, it's so goofy, and I'm excited because because I there's I do think there's a slight difference from the first episode to the second episode. I think every episode we're gonna watch them, and the whole cast so far is great. Mm-hmm. We're gonna watch their acting styles change to match whatever era the TV is. Yeah, it it's is. gonna be fucking awesome if you're a TV nerd. <laughs> I'm so excited. There's a lot of reasons to be excited about this. One, just the fact to see this is completely not only is it the first piece of new content that we got it's also it feels like completely new territory for marvel like it's not textbook superhero this is like a full like it's almost thriller it's a full-ass mystery like there is a lot going here and i feel like yeah nailing all of it so far i yeah i i love again greater marvel but even the times we're like, this one's different. It's like, I I think Winter Soldier is their best movie. And it is different. Mm-hmm. It is like 70s conspiracy political thriller. But it's still Marvel. Yeah. And Thor Ragnarok is super goofy and funny. But it's st- still Marvel. And this feels... I, I kind of assumed, even though they keep saying, you, you, you haven't seen us do anything like this, that I'd be like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, no, I should have <laughs> believed. Because this is so fucking weird. The... The first episode ends and the credits start rolling and then it peels back and somebody in a very futuristic like government TV is watching it. So they are watching this TV show and it does set up like this Twilight Zony. Yeah. The, the the way like it could be super goofy pratfall comedy and then some very unsettling parts when there there's different characters will forget their name or what's happening yeah. or get stuck in a loop. So the first episode like the wacky thing is the boss and his wife are coming to dinner and Wanda and Vision weren't prepared, and how are they going to get through this one? It's so classic. But there's a point where they say, like, why did you move here? And And the the boss just keeps repeating it uh and repeating it, and then he starts choking, and everybody's frozen except these – even the wife isn't, like, freaking out. She's just like, help him. Help yeah. him. And it's just like, what the fuck (laughs) is going on? It's it's really eerie. It's insane. It feels – like it's literally excelling at every aspect it needs to specifically because like the have it 
in an episode where it is like, you know, like Dick Van Dyke show. So it brings you into this absurdity, like old school comedy. It's all like pure everything. And you relax in that. And then all of a sudden it does throw that thriller aspect at you. Mm -hmm. And it's not only just trying to do a thriller, like it literally makes you feel unsettled. Like the when yeah. even the commercial for the toaster that like right it just goes on a little too long of it like blinking like a bomb too and you're like okay uh -huh. <laughs> like, I and because it's the first piece of color we see so that the mm -hmm. beeping is increasing and the red light is red yeah and then you're like yeah it's pleasantville taught us when everything's black and white and suddenly there's color it like wizard of oz was like no see it's majestic and pleasantville was like but also something can be wrong when that happens yeah. or schindler's list i guess uh and then that the, Wanda finds that helicopter that just is Iron Man's colors, mm -hmm. and she's staring at it, obviously like trying to remember yeah. what, why she recognizes it or what's going on. Do you think so? All of those seem like uh, references to her past because the one is mm -hmm. like the bomb that uh, like killed her parents and everything is kind of what I got right. And oh, then, nice, yeah. So, but like, do you think we're eventually like? So they keep asking, like the second episode especially, somebody comes through the radio and it's like, who's doing this to you? And like right. so far all the references are only like Stark and Hydra, but I still don't, I don't think it's... Right, because there was the other commercial, the watch commercial, mm -hmm. that said Hydra on it and Strucker was the guy who made Wanda yeah. have powers, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, it's it, 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 we don't know yet if Wanda is watching these commercials or, or like, what's going on. Who even has them? Have you read any of the theories as to what, because this is, it was confirmed this was after Endgame, which is the first mystery right. as to like, how is Vision alive? And a lot of people yeah. are thinking it's off of that uh, House of M comic where yeah. Wanda creates her own reality. Mm -hmm. Is that semen, is that what you're thinking is in line? I think in, in these first two episodes, the biggest hint that we got that it could be that is so they, they had a very sweet moment and decide they should be married. So she makes their rings and they do a little like, very mm -hmm. sweet, I do, I do. And then they go outside because they hear that sound again. And a beekeeper who is covered in a swarm of bees comes out from the sewer, sewer. and <laughs> says her name. And she just goes, no. And the whole thing rewinds back to their sweet moment and goes forward like if he never came. Which is a hint that maybe she is in control. Even though oh. wacky stuff is happening all the time mm -hmm. that she is not in control of. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest point like for that. But it's the part where it's, like, there's definitely an agency watching her and everything. Right. But, like, that... So, people are thinking that's S.W.O.R.D.? And do you know anything yeah. about S.W.O.R.D.? Yes. Yeah, so, S.W.O.R.D. is uh, Space Shield, basically. Okay. Uh, in, in the comics there, they deal with uh, extraterrestrial giant threats. And, I mean, so does S.H.I.E.L.D., so what's the difference? But... Uh, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I think they are adapting that a little, and... This, I forget Comic Sword's acronym. This one is uh, Sentient Weapon. Mm -hmm. So I do think that that might still, that could be Vision or that could be Wanda. Yeah. Uh, but right now, at least it seems like the outer, just the little hints we've gotten, the outer entities watching seem to think this is being done to Wanda. Mm -hmm. So it could be both. Like it could be that she created this bubble, but something forced her to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's that's it's and, so good. There's so much mystery around this one. It's insane. With that, we have no idea who has agency, who is just a cartoon she invented, basically, like in Coraline. Like, have you seen that movie? I haven't. Oh, uh, so she goes into this other world, and at first it feels like there's evil mirrors of everybody, and mm -hmm. then you find out there's only one real 
thing in charge who created all the other ones. Oh. So who knows if that's it? Like, oh, shoot. if Wanda is the only sentient person and she's just hiding in the comfort of old TV tropes yeah. to not deal with all the miserable life she's had. It's, I'm fucking here for every level of this show. That's what it's literally, there's no part that's bum like, uh, like not excellent about this. The acting, mm-hmm. the, all the mystery. It's, it's super exciting to have this here. Uh, yeah, go for it. I was, I, I want to say it's it. And it's funny, not just in like the old school sitcom, like, yeah. Oh, we didn't communicate right. There's a moment in the second episode, which is like, they have to do a talent show to get <laughs> yes. like the town to like them. And so Vision chews gum for the first time and it literally gums up the works. Yeah. And so he's drunk. Drunk him was awesome and very funny. But then he keeps doing real tricks and then Wanda is using her magic to make him look like fake tricks. And mm-hmm. at one point when he puts the hat through him, Wanda makes mirrors go behind him. And one of the characters <laughs> is like... But is that how mirrors work? And somebody else being like, shut up, Betty. It, it's just <laughs> legit funny. There's literally like, I laughed out loud a couple of times. Like, which yeah. is like, it's a big get for like this little Marvel show about two characters that nobody fully paid attention to. It's in, I'm, I'm so here for this show. I do want to talk real quick about the, the first, I think it might be the first lines that they throw out there is like, so, you know, um, she's like trying to make like dishes float and everything, you know? Uh-huh. So like she throws the saucer and he says something about like my wife and her saucers, which is kind of like her power. And then she uh-huh. says my husband's like indestructible head or whatever. But if this is after in game, it's very much so not an indestructible head. And for that to be the first yeah. thing said, I was like, what the hell? This is <laughs> A insane. little dark. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, it's right into these like old, like fifties jokes. And that's what's that like, opposing like senses of this is what's like really drawing right. p- me into this one and straight up like fuck jokes because when they like she magics their beds together yeah. uh and the lights turn off and both their voices turn way bed more bedroomy than any of those old shows ever did <laughs> that's what is cool about these older episodes is that it gets to play even just on the genre itself living in these times because you know they'll yeah. have it like initially they did have the separate beds and it did feel even though it's like we see people kiss all the time on shows like when they were able to kiss and it was like black and white at the end of that one episode mm-hmm. i was like it did feel like scandalous i was like back right. in that time period they did so good i was like oh my god look at her this one wearing pants in the second episode even and that's an issue oh and i would let the, the, the greater cast of characters so we already shouted out katherine hahn who's amazing and everything she's in she's gonna be like she's wanda's friend but she's also obviously like the nosy neighbor uh Dottie, who like runs the neighborhood with an iron fist, used to be on Buffy, and mm. she's killing that. Like uh, the boss—I can't remember the actor's name—but you you recognize he's in a bunch of stuff. And his wife uh, was Kitty Foreman on that '70s show. Like they yeah. got in a bunch of ringers who can do these tropes very well, and I think everybody's bringing it. Yeah, it's. God. I, I don't know how many ways I could say it's excellent. <laughs> do you know what's nice is it's they're throwing back to old TV. And it's like in the 50s supposed to be, but it's a very diverse town and nobody's yeah. saying anything about it. Like, that's cool. I'm glad yeah. nobody was an asshole and was like, well, there was no black folks in Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> like, Thank God they didn't fucking go there. Like, that's what is another like plus to this for sure. Uh, is there a decade or like a genre that you're looking forward to? Because we are going, I think we did. So the first episode, Dick Van Dyke, and the second one's supposed to be more Bewitched. Mm-hmm. so is there uh, one you're like really looking forward to i know we're gonna get like brady bunch mm-hmm. i guess based on what they're doing it'll be 
very funny to see what they do with like 90s sitcoms. Yeah. Like if they I would like to see what WandaVision does with Seinfeld. <laughs> if that's coming. Like It's got to be. They're hitting all the big ones. That one has to be coming. Cuz to make them like a little shittier cuz they're very good people, to make them very shitty and like really freak out about like and she wore that hat. Like and she like <laughs> What do you think like if they get to math i think they can get to 2000s you know adding things but uh like what is the 2000s sitcom is it like the freaking office like what does 2000 yeah that bring? Do, do a mockumentary style okay All i right. think it might be the office if we're gonna go that way yeah man it's um this is gonna be an insane question but you know i have to end with it are you in for the rest of this oh i the, the episodes are so short which mm. normally we're like yes such a bummer and that from now on we're only getting one a week uh very easy to watch. I'm, I'm, I've never been more in on anything ever. Yeah. Genuinely, like, this might be the best show we've had in a super long time. Like, it's well yes. made. The acting, it's got a lot of big names. It's kind of insane we're watching this and get to review yeah. this, honestly. How so, lucky are we? It's great. It is on Disney+. Plus. If you want to watch it, you absolutely should be. Uh, coming up next, we are going to move on to our poll list. <laughs> We're back and we are here for the poll list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. For this week, it is still just one show and that one show is Sabrina. So, on the fourth episode of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Blackwood makes a wish on the imp of perversion to make himself emperor, which turns Greendale into an unsettling version of 1930s Germany. Luckily, all the group has to do in order to fix this is eat Cronus's time zone, time stone, and make a wish on the imp to change it all back. Everything is back to normal until the very next episode, where new versions of Heaven, Hell, and Earth are being drawn towards the current, as a result of there being two Sabrinas. Everything can be set right with the sacrifice of Hell's Sabrina to this unknown version of Earth that ends up feeling a little familiar and comforting with its laugh tracks. Taste Mike, I ask you, did these episodes keep its balance of Riverdale absurdity with a fun dark magic twist, or did it lose it a bit with these ones? It didn't lose it i think it's still wacky and i'm having a good time but Mm -hmm. the parts that are getting harder to take seriously is like so they know there's however many more eldritch terrors to come in yet there's still time for sabrina and ross to run for co-president of greendale high (laughs) that's the stuff where i'm like i don't know drop out for a couple months (laughs) like (laughs) i think the episode starts with that and she's straight up like you know they're like taking all the the insane high school requests which are like i want tots and fries for the rest of my yeah. life here which you know very in brand but then also like she goes to ambrose and is like can you fix this telescope i'm trying to win over the astronomy club and he's like we're dealing with eldridge terrors right now yeah. so like can ambrose you feels like he f- is the one who's fully and everybody else is dealing with petty bullshit and he's just yeah. like what is wrong with <laughs> any of you it's insane to have like uh, this what was drawn me in with the first couple episodes we watched on this one was the clear plot like here's an eldritch tower we're fighting it this week Mm -hmm. and then it was still like there was like prom in hell there was still like wacky stuff and this one is it was like almost a little too much i think i think the fourth episode was the one that was the hardest for me and i don't know if it's just because i'm i feel like the whole like uh like making everybody like him emperor and kind of turning into this ruler overall is too overplayed what yeah like we've seen versions of that before but what made me laugh is that like it, in his wildest dream he he wishes on the imp of the perverse for anything he wants and he's the emperor of greendale mm-hmm. not of america not of the world he is the emperor of this little town what well, was it 
<laughs> was that his dream or did he just not clarify enough where the imp was like you get greendale or do you i think, think so he- but he said emperor of greendale he yeah. it, it's so weird like so he <laughs> did fuck that up but it's so silly so there is like this nazi-led little town <laughs> like this across the river <laughs> totally normal yes yeah, so and- in this episode we get ambrose like literally passing the sign that is the marker yeah. for greendale and then he remembers everything like it remembers everything just that town and then, thankfully, he has a hobgoblin friend who is super quick, uh, mm-hmm. who can like drop him because he he has like a minute of memory. Oh, but uh, about, I don't know. Yeah, go for it. Uh, all that goofy, I'm fucking here for. I think it's mm. super silly and and funny. And Sabrina like trying to change her hairstyle and figure out what's going on. And Roz talking to Nazi Harvey, <laughs> like <laughs> it's so wild. I was really into um, Sabrina and Roz as being like witches together because it's nice to have like the friend aspect where they're genuinely friends and have been and then also be witches together now and just get to like do witch shenanigans together. Uh That's a fun I'm into for this. (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) That gets a certified fun stamp for me. And then I, I did like, so Nick Scratch goes full Giles Corey. He gets accused of being a witch. And so they start putting him with rocks and he keeps saying more weight. But then the show is like, like Giles Corey. It's like, you can just let a reference be there without having to scream what the reference is. I'm trying to remember what the other one was that they just straight up were talking about it and then made sure you knew that like this one is coming true. It, they do it, I think on every episode. They're like, hey, this yeah. is what we're doing with this one. I'm like, we know. It's okay. I think they're worried their their viewers are morons. Uh, in in that fourth episode, I want to give a shout out to James Urbaniak, who's this character actor. Who did you ever watch the Venture Brothers? I didn't. Oh man, so he's just this dude. He he's a uh, the husband in Difficult People. He's Doctor Venture in the Venture Brothers. He's just in everything. He's the Tinker Man in this. Ooh, he's the one yes. who brings the the Imp of the Perverse and then Kronos's Stone. Uh, I love this dude and want him in everything. And I was mm-hmm. really hoping he would just be in the rest of the series, but it doesn't seem like that'll be it. But so Yay. I wanted to give old Jimmy a shout out. He did good, and I just love the. F- I love there being a trinket man, and he's straight yeah. up greeted as the trinket man. Like, show me your wares, trinket man. Yeah, that's fun D and D shit. Like, I that's, want more. Yeah, of that. exactly. <laughs> and he's just like on nobody's side. He's just here to, hey man, what you do with the shit I saw you is on to you. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Like he only gave him the time stone. I feel like essentially because uh, Blackwood stole the yip from him. He was like, I didn't get my yeah. money. Fuck that guy. Like yeah. this is oh, for he's sure. a trinket man. Uh, but the second episode, oh no, what I did like about the first episode, you know, I got to talk about anytime Prudence gets to grab her two swords because she does try to kill her, her dad again, you know, right before he makes the wish, but she does end up cutting off his head. But, uh, anytime they throw her with two swords, kicks ass. Love that. Yeah. I would, and I don't think I'm alone in this, definitely watch the chilling adventures of Prudence. Like if she just got her own show, sorting it up around the country. It helps with her. We obviously have issues with the main actor or actress, but it is like it's hard for the character where she's doing a whole bunch of piece of shit things, but you're supposed to be like she is so great. But mm-hmm. Prudence, you know, she, I love the ones where you know the person's a piece of shit, and you're just gonna watch him yeah. be a piece of shit. Like that's fine. And she knows, mm-hmm. like she's like, I am who I am. <laughs> uh, I do like that in the the following episode, episode five, that she is torturing. She just has his decapitated head, and he's mm-hmm. still a, like he's immortal now. And she's torturing his body to get the head to talk. Like, it's pretty brutal (laughs) and pretty awesome. Uh, Which is, we didn't even, with everything that happened the last week, we didn't get to talk about how Blackwood now has visions of, it can see, like, the future, essentially, because he ate a piece of one of these Eldritch Terrors, Uh which is insane. 
But that is why he was being tortured is because they were trying to get info about the next Eldritch Terror from him. Because right. he's just held in, his head is in a tray with his yeah. decaying body in front of him in like their basement. It's wild. And uh, every, nobody is like into what Prudence is doing, but nobody's stopping it. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, and then leaves the room. <laughs> well, I'll let you do this. Thank you. In, uh, uh, you know, because there's the double universes, that's one of the terrors. Uh, so Sabrina Morningstar and Sabrina Spellman, be, before they figured out which one's going to get sacrificed, they're like, let's, we both, we want to have a day. Because Metatron, like the head angel comes down from heaven. And it's Which, just like, I'll all, kill you both. Metatron is a name for an angel. That, Very good. <laughs> it sounds like a Transformer. Uh, and so they're like, let's get a day. I like that Sabrina Morningstar just wants to sing with her friends mm-hmm. in a band. Uh, <laughs> while Sabrina Spellman, fuck Snick. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, just six. They're like, you get six hours. And they were like, I know exactly what I want to do. Sing a shitty song with my friends. Because I don't get to do that in hell. And bone down. Like, it was perfect. That is that, like, Riverdale aspect. That yeah. Every once in a while. Definitely nails. You don't like Turn Around Bright Eyes? You don't like that song? No, I do like the song. <laughs> I still have an issue with everybody gets to sing a line. Yeah, it's so weird. It's hard. It's fucking hard to take. And when they do it every episode, it's getting worse. <laughs> and why do she hugs them all at the end of the the song why did they think they're hugging they're like yeah That's i guess it was pretty good <laughs> the whole time like she had to convince them to play hooky from school for the whole day and she, like the other sabrina spellman was like are you gonna tell the friends that it's not really me and like you this is hell sabrina and like you are gonna leave soon and she was like no i just yeah. want to have fun i was like okay all right hell yeah i think if i knew i had six hours left to live i wouldn't tell everybody i'd probably take half the time to record a podcast and-, <laughs> <laughs> and then just dip uh so this episode a lot of big stuff happened this week this was also the episode of sabrina we were most looking forward to because in this alternate so they sacrifice uh hell sabrina sabrina morningstar morningstar yeah which was determined by a game of rock paper scissors just one round a high stakes one round yeah not even two out of three that's crazy <laughs> it was just settled right off the bat with rock paper scissors but they send her to this new earth as a sacrifice and that is where it ends up being we see the old aunties from the original sabrina yeah now it is perfect that we've recently watched the yeah. abc sitcom because you would not have been as stoked as i assume you were seeing them yeah did that yeah, surprise you? It did. It was like, especially because we knew it was happening. It was the exact scene that, like, you know, they put out as a promo. Still right. very exciting to watch once you knew how it was coming about and to hear, yeah. like, just that laugh track. Like, normally when you hear a laugh track these days, it drains, like, my soul. But it mm-hmm. did feel comforting in this one because I knew where I was going. This was a week of good laugh tracks. Yeah. With WandaVision and this. Uh, <laughs> and we know next week one of our episodes is going to be probably at least all. This bizarro world, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but do you think, are we getting just this cameo? Like, was this it for us? Or do we get to, like, check in with this? I think we'll be checking in with Morningstar. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and um, seeing her over there. I'm very excited for that. Like, that is going to bring me back for next week, because hopefully, I just want to see more of those aunties. They're so yeah. good. Are we going to get the talking cat? <laughs> oh, my God. I did. I forgot about talking Salem. They got to bring in talking Salem. Wow. Yeah, I'm in for it. Are you going to be you think you're in for yeah. these next ones too? Yeah, I'm I'm in, like the show's almost done. I'm I'm in till it ends. Like I am. I I'm enjoying it, even though I I agree it sagged a little 
the two episodes we covered this week. It's super fun. And even when it sags, it's that weird, like, again, all this crazy shit's going on. And then Theo and Robin, Robin's a hobgoblin, and his hobgoblin friend is like, you're losing your hobgobliness. Come back home. And mm-hmm. Theo tries to, like, carry in the Hendersons. It's like, no, get out of here. I don't even want you here anymore. Like, yeah. what other movies do to pets, Theo tries to do to his boyfriend. <laughs> like <laughs> His boyfriend was like, just leave the window unlocked and, like, I'll come back to you one day. And he immediately locks it. I was like, oh, my God, so savage. It's like closing the doggy door. That's high school. I'm sad. You know what? I want to make out with somebody else now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Mike, that is about all the time we have to talk about it. It is on Netflix. We're watching it two a week you should join us um and we got a couple we got some more minutes to kill on this mic and since this is just like me and you buddy episode i was yeah. gonna is it cool if i come to you with some advice yeah all right wait you're, been, you're bringing me advice or you need advice from me i want I, both mike i do i've been <laughs> okay. to talk to you no, oh, no. i i'm here for the advice because i've been working on a little side project i uh I like ranking people's tattoos. Not really re- ranking them. I like to make fun of people's tattoos. And I've been building okay. a website for it. Now I am afraid this is advice for me to get better <laughs> tattoos. It is, but you will have to visit my very good website to get that advice. I'm going to make you work okay. for it. I'm not just going to share that, obviously. But I am like, I want you, I do want you to check it out. It's uh, com, which I guess nice. could make it seem like I am making the tattoos. That you but, purposely give bad tattoos? Yeah, but I yeah. kind of, I kind of like that, like new, uh, like hobby for me. I like, sure. I like spreading that out there. But uh, if you could just check that out, I, I spent about ten minutes looking up how to do like HTML, and I think it's really showing on this. I, I uh, okay, I'm bringing it up. It, it is showing that you spent only ten minutes. Uh, yeah. it, it's busy. Yeah, it's I weird thought- to have so many things flashing when so. Even if you're trying to mock art, I think the goal in this kind of site is to showcase the art. Mm-hmm. And every letter is flashing at a different color at a different time. It's really hard to know what to focus on. You don't think it's bringing like the personality to that tattoo? I feel like it's kind of really helping. No, I, I think like the words I can read, I think your commentary is very funny and very sassy and very hurtful. Mm. And... But you, you, I think you want to. I, I don't think you should do this on your own. Is what I'm saying. I think what you're bringing to the table is finding and collecting the tattoos to mock. Okay. But you should get a partner in this digital world to handle. Like you don't have to build this from scratch. You can there, there's there's custom templates you can use. There's easy to edit fields because some of your sections are just bleeding into your other sections. Yeah. And. Which isn't isn't a cool thing. You're saying it's not like a cool avant-garde take on this? No, I don't think this is that kind of site. And no kind of site should be that kind of site. I I think... Or if if you are determined to do this yourself, uh, there's training out there. All of this stuff I'm saying, the training, the the, the tools, the templates. uh, If you go to cybersprout.net, they will really help you make this look less like dog shit. Mm, Because especially... That is the pile of dog shit? Real quick. Do you see that one right there? But it, it does look like that's a tattoo of actual dog shit. Yeah, pretty good, right? I, I did mean, actually do that one, so. You tattooed that one? Yeah. On your roommate? Mm-hmm, yeah. It's a tramp stamp. Uh, I like it. It's funny, but again, like, all of that would shine more if the rest of the site didn't look like garbage. And especially because you're going out there and really making fun of people's, like, personal art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you should be bulletproof. You're right. If you're I'm criticizing other's visuals, you should be able to uh, look good because people are going to be like, uh, 
my site ranks bad tattoos by Cassie.com.com. <laughs> You and you don't what? want to open the door for that. I don't want to open the door. You're 100% right. Thank you for that excellent advice. You said that was Cybersprout that can help me out make this yeah, look Cybersprout.net. Perfect. Your partner, Cassie, for the Fuck digital it. world. And needed. Thank you, Cybersprout. I'll be reaching out. And thank you, Mike, for your advice. Uh, that is, I did, that did fill up the time, though. So now, Good. are you ready to move on to X-Has? I've oh, never been more ready. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Welcome to Eggs Tasmania, bitch a mini show within a show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at Fox's seminal and underrated early morning soap opera from the mid-90s X-Men the Animated Series in the thrilling conclusion of Days of Future Past and the first season of X-Men the Animated Series. Bishop is convinced Gambit will kill Senator Kelly, so Wolverine vows to watch both of them so they don't kill each other. Meanwhile, the rest of the X-Men go to Washington to stop the assassination where they run into the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, who are obviously actually trying to kill the bigoted senator. All of that, and so much more. It's a huge episode. And Mike, this was, since it was a second part, I would have thought it would have started off immediately with the confrontation of Gambit. But instead, Uh we get a little quick cut of Rogue and Gambit driving back from the... From jail. (laughs) From jail, that's right. That's where they were visiting Beast. And so they're driving back. Are you enjoying the, uh, it is like the one slow burn this show has is like building up Rogue and Gambit's relationship. Mm -hmm. And I know now in 2021, we're like, this is toxic. He hits on her. She says, no, he just keeps hitting on her. But in the nineties, do you think this is a romantic cute thing or is it still just like gross? (laughs) I think back then it kind of was supposed to be, because I don't think they'd be hitting it this hard if it was to show that he was creepy. Because I do believe right. ultimately they do want us to like him. So I think it was supposed to be like, look at him, not like he di- he doesn't care that he she might hurt him and he's just going to keep going. But wow. Right. I, I think that's the, is because she thinks because nobody can touch her, she does think she's unlovable. And so mm-hmm. I guess that's the sweet angle and less creepy is that he's just like, no, look at your ass. He never <laughs> says that, but like he's like, but no, he's- I'm... <laughs> into all of this he basically is it would be nicer if he was just he could just say you know i'm not worried about that and not be like i'm not worried about that uh i would like you to drain my power and spank me like yeah (laughs) it's okay gambit you don't gotta throw all your cards out there dude well that's his thing is throwing all of his cards everywhere and then she just bails she flies out of the driver's seat because she's sick of it (laughs) every time she literally just flies out uh but then you know she does walk into the mansion and we that's when we do pick up bishop straight up coming after gambit and we get to see he tells the full story of like what the assassination how it affects the future and we see he gives 50 years of a history lesson (laughs) and i i you know bishop is a lot of cool things i don't think an orator is one of them (laughs) like he doesn't make this uh he just and also he's just like this is horrible all of them live for like 40 more years like even jubilee who dies earliest is 20 more years i I mean yeah it's bad trying to stop it but he's like see it's like oh no we live long good lives and then we're old we die (laughs) still probably die as heroes too like it is still just like probably what will eventually happen for them but it's yeah it's it's not as tragic as he's trying to make but it is funny because gambit walks in and he just tries to shoot him and everybody jumps on him Mm because they have they're not quite on his side yet because as gambit points out the best kind of lie nobody can say bishop's lying because they've never been to the future yeah 
Uh, but they do tend to like, so it is unsettling. Nobody fully knows. It doesn't seem like they have a clear team because Mm-mm. Gambit, they're like, we don't know much about Bishop. And they're like, we also don't know much about you, Gambit, because you never tell us anything. And uh, he gets very butthurt. Yeah, it's some of them do it in dickish ways, but Storm, who seems to know him the best, and some of the comics, Storm brings Gambit in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they've really dealt with that head on here, which is one of the things I like about the show. There is just like lived in history that I'm mm-hmm. sure confused kids. Like, are there episodes we missed? No. We're just going <laughs> to allude to stuff. Uh, but Storm's like, hey, we're all capable of terrible things. It's cool. And Gambit's like, fuck that, <laughs> and, and leaves. <laughs> He just has a little tantrum, uh, walks to where there's a plane, and his plan is to fly to D.C. to stop the assassination. Because obviously when you're blamed for an assassination, you are going to put yourself in that situation. Let's try to get there as quick as possible. Mm, There's no (laughs) way that ever goes wrong. Their plan to stop him is so bad. So Bishop already wants to kill Gambit, and in response, Gambit wants to kill Bishop. So Wolverine, who also numerous times throughout the season has wanted to kill Gambit, is like, I'll watch them and be the stable-headed one. And nobody's like, no. To the point that Wolverine lets babysitting, that power gets such to his head that he's like, we're going to play cards and that's it. When they want to watch TV and he's like, no. Like, he is really a tyrannical babysitter. It was insane that he he was like i'm gonna stay back and babysit these two and uh just hearing that thought i was like here we go here's some full-on shenanigans but it ends up like he actually does stop a couple fights but he is like he straight up at one point is just like deal a card like essentially screaming at gambit to like fucking play his cards because that is what they are doing right now not wolverine's not playing he's watching them to play (laughs) (laughs) to make sure they play by the rules (laughs) But we do get, since those three are staying back, that does allow Jubilee to go on a mission. So when we cut to the mission, fucking Jubilee, Uh man. (laughs) Just napping in the middle of the day. (laughs) She finally gets to go, not on any mission. Like, this is a big mission. Like one Stop an assassin! (laughs) That's going to bring the fall to all, like, mutants and the future. Like, this is a huge mission. And Jubilee, we cut to, she is sleeping underneath a tree. Not just for a second, like... Bad guys walk past her, still sleeping. It's and and Rogue is just like, well, she's useless. Let her sleep, and goes <laughs> after them. But it is, it's wild. Like their plan is so bad, so they don't know who the assassin is or who the target is yet. Mm-hmm. And so they're all just in different parts of Washington. <laughs> 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 and and Rogue and Jubilee are just in a lawn near like the reflecting pool, and just lets Jubilee. It's fucking insane. It's insane because they knew. So Xavier was going there for a talk to like the Senate about like mutants yeah. or something like that, and they still separate. Like this is obviously an event that's going to bring a fair amount of people. Yeah, and they stay like, with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be happening down by the water. Like, no, it certainly will not be. It's certainly going to oh. be there. And he's so he's like, well, I'm giving that talk with the Senate. Maybe I'm the target. Man, he thinks everything's about him. <laughs> Professor X is an arrogant ass. He did it like, you know what? He plays pretty cool. You don't think of him as an arrogant ass until this episode where he's like, I'm probably the target. I've done a lot for to go, like solve. And all it. the X Men are like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what point, dude? Come on. Um, but so we do have their mission going on, and during this, we get Gambit's final escape, where we see. I can't remember how he gets away from them. It is he. I think he really does. Just like they're playing cards, so he explodes one, which he is his move. Bombs out of there, yeah, and then runs. <laughs> oh, so good. And then and we the, get... the two toughest mutants we've met are cannot stop him. Like, <laughs> like 
they're just like, well, there he goes. So, but this does the X-Men thing where now we can get everybody in DC for mm-hmm. a fight all at one spot. Because they have, our normal, our DC crew has come across like Pyro, Avalanche, and The Blob, which is the yeah. team that is out here for, we learn, there for the assassination. Yeah, and everybody stumbles upon one or two of them at the same time, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Rogue over here, some of them, so that they, they're falling, and Blob is just like making fart and burp jokes. That's just what his <laughs> whole deal and his superpower. And they all end up having like a pretty sweet fight, like in and around uh the Capitol. Was it a weird week to watch this where Avalanche, I do think, brings down part of the Capitol building itself where the Senate mm-hmm. hearings are taking place? We have evil uh, militant folks going in going after into. the Senate. Was that weird? It was a very unfortunate timing on this because, you know, in their minds, that was so long ago. It's insane that this lined up for us like this because, what like, is- in under what circumstances do you plan on that happening? Like, surely that can't. I don't think I'm ever sh- going to be shook by this cheesy cartoon, but this <laughs> week was the closest to that emotion because I was like, we watched a version of this for real last week. This is I was, insane. I was like insulted. I was like, um, too soon, but then <laughs> how could they know? <laughs> uh, but we do. Yeah, we get that fight. And then we see why Gambit was blamed for this assassination, right. and that's because of that wily mystique. I don't know why nobody never thought of how there is a like a shape-changing one. They, they never- know... They've known several shape changers. Yeah. <laughs> but they find it point, easier to believe that one of their teammates would probably do it. But it is shitty Gambit. So if it's going to be anybody, I don't know how Mystique knew to pick shitty Gambit, but that was a good pick on her part. Well, I think she has a weird relationship with Rogue and it comes out that she was Rogue's mom in this episode. Yes. But maybe she's but but there's there's weird stuff there so maybe she's like and then I'll fuck my daughter and then I'll <laughs> <laughs> like there's creepiness all about. But it does give us a, a sweet Gambit v Gambit fight and Gambit says surprised to see me? I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> One of his lines that actually makes sense. <laughs> uh, but I do want to check. So was Mystique actually really her mom? Like that yeah. was genuinely. So yeah. And that's straight from the comics is Mystique uh, raised Rogue. Without Rogue knowing Mystique was Mystique. Um, well, I think actually in the comics, Rogue knew. Because Rogue was evil mm-hmm. in, in in the comics for a while. Uh, but here she was just like her stepmom. Her, her adopted mom <laughs> adopted or whatever. Mom. So, yeah, there was a big fight, you know, and uh, eventually the bad Gambit, a.k.a. Mystique, does get taken down. And uh, before, Rogue helps her escape because that's Mama. So, of course, you're going to help Mama out. You gots to. And that's then she crazy, tried- man. It was insane. And she tried to help Mama more by telling her to leave Avalanche. And Mama was like, right. no, absolutely not. Yeah, because she's like, and then she's like, wait, it was you on the island with Apocalypse. You wanted to make a slave out of me? And she's like, that was the only way I thought I could get back into life. This is an unhealthy relationship, Rogue. <laughs> Stay away from Mama. This, like, this animated series is an example of, like, you know, good stories for back then. Bad, bad relationship advice to be taken from this one. Yeah. 100%. There is no healthy relationship here. Yeah, family can be bad. <laughs> family doesn't equal good here. Uh... But I do think Rogue, like, so she learns to trust Gambit. So they're, they're, I'm trying to find the positives in her actions. She breaks Bishop's time bracelet, which sends him back to the future. Because yeah. at this point, he's like, I'll kill them both. I do not care. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> they, they do the, the Spider-Man meme thing, where both Gambits are like, that's the real one. Uh-huh. So, uh, and then and we I, get... 
it's insane that we there's that whole mix up which goes by so fast there's always so uh-huh. much happening in these that it's like it's a they're very 22 quick... minutes and it fucking <laughs> motors <laughs> so we get that showdown you know uh mystique getting taken off to safety but then when you think everything's settled turns out it's not there's always got to be a cliffhanger because the senator does actually get taken and it's by somebody with magnetic power who could it be who could that be but uh, that's that's a powerful ending. I think that's a good cliffhanger yeah. to have for to the whole season. Yeah, yeah. That fucking it kicks ass. It was a very good uh, first season. I'm actually yeah. uh, surprised of how much I enjoyed this first nice. season. I was going to ask you because like you were seasoned and now this was not uh, personality defining for you the way it was for Ryan and I. <laughs> so are you fully in for continuing X Tasmania? Yeah, it's it's the perfect mix of like dumb cheesiness with good like like kid action that just takes you yeah. back to like a, a good time. So I'm fully in for it. I think the biggest shock so far is that Wolverine was popular at all. Because yes. apparently kids like whiny mansplainers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the 90s kids were super into. It's a different time. Uh, but Mike, we do. It is time for awards now. And it's going to be just me and you battling for these awards. <sighs> there could be no Ryan to take this from us. So our first award we always start out with is MVP. What do you got for it? I hate to say this. Okay. But I think it's probably Gambit. Oh, shit. He does not let... he He's the one who stops Mystique. He gets a lot done when literally everybody is telling him either he is the killer or he'll fuck up their mission to stop the killer. Mm-hmm. But he is the one who stops the whole thing down. He does actually like do something in this. And it is surprising. It's a change from him being dumb. Like, let me get to DC where I'm blamed for everything. But then to actually pull it off. Like, he... Yeah. He, it was surprising that he was able to do this. I've also got a surprising pick for me, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I have Wolverine down as MVP, and it's because, listen, he had a line that actually made sense and was a turning point for the fight against Pyro and his crew. Like, that crew was getting, like, beat to shit, and he was, Uh like, he finally came in and he did something, and also he was, he did babysit properly. Like, he, if they weren't there, they probably would have killed each other. They were throwing... he let them go. He, like, let Gambit escape. He was really shitty. Sometimes they're just too rambunctious. You can't always control, like, you, you're you going to lose some kids during babysitting, okay? Like, I can't. <laughs> I that is, uh, you should never be a babysitter. <laughs> I should not. But I think it's hard to, sadly, it is hard to deny that it's probably Gambit because he did stop the whole thing from happening. So I'll give that point to you, I guess, on this yes. round. Uh, next one is LVP. And I feel like there's no way it can't not be Jubilee. Like, just for the (laughs) fact that, like, she finally got to go on a mission. She slept throughout most of it. Had to (laughs) off. Like, literally the bad people, like, two of the, like, villains run in front of her. And she literally, like, runs after him screaming with her hands in the air, like, wait for me. She forgot she had powers for that second. (laughs) Until... The one time she does remember she has powers is against the blob. So she throws like sparks at him and it makes him burp. Uh-huh. And that is yep. that is Jubilee's performance in this episode. Like <laughs> Fuck, that's a good argument. I, I I think there's so many so many contenders for LVP <laughs> on this episode. I, I thought Wolverine for a while, because when he does show up, he also like saves a little girl and then goes, This kid's crying and hands her <laughs> off to Rogue. Yes. Uh I think it's Bishop because he doesn't listen to anybody. He just mm-hmm. tries to shoot literally murder people because he thinks 
he, his in his fragmented memory, he's like, "I'm now I know I'm right." And then we starts trying to k- kill again in Washington. He's the one who knocks the roof off and almost kills a bunch of people that Gene and Rogue have to save. Yeah, he uh, did almost straight up murder a kid. Like they almost lost that child. He's that, not good at any of his jobs. That is- but. He didn't take a nap. <laughs> it's a very good argument. At first, I thought I definitely had it in the bag, but I forgot that he was responsible for dropping that fucking building. But I I think I'm still going to give the point to me. It, Jubilee took a nap, Fair. dude. She took a nap. Okay, best use of power. What do you got? It's the Storm Award. It's hard to not give it to week in, week out. She, Nobody knows how to take down the blob. She freezes him in the reflecting pool. And so he at least can't move because yeah. so he'll just burp himself to death there. Uh, and that was pretty boss. It is. It again, it is the storm award. It's so hard. She controls fucking everything. Like it's, it's so hard to argue against her. I'm gonna give that point to you. Cause I also do have storm specifically for being able to like, no matter what, there's always going to be a body of water that you can freeze yeah. a man into. And she knows that <laughs> no matter going to do it. <laughs> so you will get that one. Our next award is best gasp line. And for this one, I have, I kind of took it as how we sometimes do a gasp moment, which for me, because I don't, didn't read the comics, was finding out that Rogue's uh, adoptive mom was Mystique. That was like yeah. some real Maury show like stuff. Like that was an insane like reveal for me. For sure. Not hinted at at all. <laughs> it just yeah. seems like it comes out of nowhere. Uh, that's a good, Mine is only because the time I watched it is when I realized they were assaulting the Capitol. My jaw was on the floor in a way the show normally would not be able to do. <laughs> it did. That one probably did actually get a gas for me, specifically for, because it did feel like it was too soon. Like, it was, like, genuinely <laughs> insulting. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. no for them to know. Uh, I will give that point to you. Our final award is most 90s thing. What do you got? Th- th- this one actually didn't have that many. It was... But I think it's Blob calling Cyclops four eyes as an insult. That feels like such an old insult. Like, glasses are cool now. Everybody who wears them is dope. And he only has one eye. That's kind of, that's why it's his name. (laughs) So, uh, I guess you could say Blob in general because he's just like, I'm fat, so I burp and fart. Uh, But, like, (laughs) that four eyes thing, it feels so old. Specifically, like, it also, I don't, it's not going to be the first thing that pops into your mind. Cause again, the glass is like, it's a one eye thing. Like yeah. it's not like you're not getting four eyes from that. It's insane. Um, I have as most nineties thing is just when we see at the end that they are, what we forgot to mention, actually, they are keeping Bishop when Bishop goes to the future, nothing changes. So they right. say like, you can keep going back as much as you need. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, we could always do this again if we need to. <laughs> like, don't worry. Time is an illusion, but in this thing, they are keeping Wolverine's adamantium skeleton in a tank, and I feel like it was hooked up to a breathing apparatus. Like, this is a 90s <laughs> thing to just make it look like it was a lab. Like, it's yeah. an indestructible skeleton. Like, just have it out. It doesn't need to be in yeah. the tank. It feel, yeah, it feels so morbid just to keep your friend's bones in a tank. <laughs> <laughs> it's so insane. As, the, like, a decoration, like, lava lamp to the room. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give that one to me. I don't know if it's 90s, but it's just the fact that it wasn't thought out. It makes me think it's 90s. I'm going to give it to me. Uh, So these awards, Mike, without Ryan, there was no sweep. It was a close tie. I got two. You got three. You are the X-Men champion this week. And uh, that is it for the show, Mike. We have come to the end here. So you know that means it's time for you to tell me about some websites. 
Yes. Uh, everybody, if you want to see tattoos be made fun of, go to badtattoosbycassie.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully it'll be fixed by then because of cybersprout.net. Uh, if you want to see everything we do, go to yourpopfilter.com. All our stuff lives there, except uh, there's little extra tidbits at patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. That's how you can support us. Uh, there's a, we do extra shows, long shows, early shows. There's all kinds of cool stuff over at patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. You can also support us by going to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your bookmark. Shop Amazon the normal way you do, but with helping us. Gotta help us a bit. And you can also help us by checking out the other shows on the network. We've got, there's Movie of the Year, which I am not on, but it's for the best because that's a real battle royale. That's where Mike, Ryan, and Greg, they're constantly battling out to see who could be best friends and also trying to figure out what is the best movie of any given year. There's also Unnatural 20s that I host if you do like me. That's me and two other friends trying to figure out life in our 20s with rolling a dice. And Mike, social media, can you tell me about that? At your pop filter on Twitter, on Instagram. You know how those work. You got it. Tag us. Talk to us. Whatever you want. If you do want to talk to us, we also got an email. It's contact at your pop filter. Tell us how much you love WandaVision, because we love it too. And I want to scream with more people about how great <laughs> it is. So go ahead, email us. And next week, Mike, we genuinely have a big episode next week. It's insane. So we're getting WandaVision in color. Uh, we also oh, shit. get some new shows back. We're getting back to Riverdale. So we're going to have Sabrina and Riverdale going at the same time. Riverdale's going to have a seven-year jump going on, though, which is a wild amount of time. Finally, we won't feel creepy when there's sex scenes. Yeah. <laughs> they are paying mortgages at this point. We also get a whole new Batwoman. We get to see how this one stacks up, and uh, it's going to be big. Be sure to tune in for that. That is it for this episode, though. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I am me. Bye, everyone. Bye.